Today, we will be following the adventures of two young men, the hosts of our show, David and Caleb. Two young, white men who are liberal, the most oppressed minority group in America. Will they be able to overcome this great struggle and change the course of history forever? Or will they be turned to dust and glow like the sands of time? Find out only on Left in the South Podcast, Episode 5. Hello, welcome to episode five of Left in the South podcast. I'm your co-host David, and I'm here with Caleb. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm doing great today, man. <laughs> That's good to hear, dude. I'm excited for this episode. We got a lot of things to announce. Uh, by a lot, I mean two things, but two very <laughs> exciting things. Very exciting. So we're uh, announcing our Patreon. So we finally made a Patreon. Uh, there'll be a link in this podcast description for it, and. We're also announcing our first giveaway. We're giving away a blue snowball on Twitter. You just got to follow and retweet. Uh, the tweet we're going to put out should be out by the time this episode's out. So, yeah, the win a free blue snowball. All you have to do is just retweet us on Twitter and yeah, follow. If you, if you guys are budding podcasters yourself, the blue snowball, that's what I use to record. It's pretty. I also very, use it as well. Very decent microphone. And uh, the Patreon as well. Basically, like what we're planning on using it for, it's definitely not required to subscribe. You're still going to get free episodes every single week. But we're planning on putting one episode behind a Patreon paywall because um, it's really fun for us to make episodes. But it would be really cool to get a little bit of money for it because we do put a lot of time into it. Um, but like I said, it is really fun, so we're still going to be releasing the free episodes every week. And for the giveaway, uh, David and I still have to talk about the details on this, but we're planning on, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you should get two entries into the giveaway. So if you subscribe to our Patreon, you double your chances of winning the giveaway. Um, but like David was saying, more details about that will come out on our Twitter after the episode. So, Hell yes, dude. I'm Hell excited yeah. for that. Uh it should be it should run for like a month long on Twitter, so you would have plenty of time to get in. I think the we're gonna announce the winner on the tenth episode of the podcast. So Yeah, I'm excited, man. Our podcast have been pretty getting some pretty good reception. We're getting some listens. We're still really new and we still have a lot to learn, but I feel good about it, man. Yeah, me too. I think we're doing pretty well. So what has been going on today and this week to you, David? How have you been doing, man? I've been doing really good, dude, but something that's come up on the news that's been pretty funny was uh, Joe Biden boasting about his uh, African-American support. Oh my god, I saw (laughs) that shit, dude. That was such a clown fest, man. Yeah, that was super hilarious. I, I... Michael Miller hilarious. Are you familiar with, like, what Biden was responsible for, like, in the 90s? Uh, no, go ahead and explain that, though. Well, basically, you know how people talk about the war on drugs and incarcerating and, like, how uh, black men in America especially are, like, overrepresented in the prison populations? Um, basically, our boy, Juicy Joe, our boy with the whole brain Joe, he's pretty much not solely responsible, but he wrote the bill in 94 
that is actually directly responsible for all of those people going to prison. So that's pretty interesting. Jesus. Every time I hear people talking about Joe Biden's black support, I don't doubt that he has black support because of the fact that he was Obama's VP. But, I mean, that shit is just bleeding away every single day because contrary I mean, to the popular centrist belief, black people are not stupid. And <laughs> Joe Biden, every time he comes on TV and his fucking dementia-addled brain leaks out of his nose a little bit more the people can see how much help he really needs medically. I mean, it's just funny how on news they portray Joe's, uh, Joe Biden's black support. They just like, they love to go off on, dude, yeah, but you know, this, uh, this candidate may be doing well, but do they have the black support that Joe Biden has? Like, it's kind of getting yeah, scary. Like it's some I mean? badge of honor. <laughs> like, just because he was Obama's VP. Right, yeah, exactly. Like. The thing that Biden does have is name recognition, which is no small thing. It is one of the main reasons that Bernie Sanders is doing so well in this primary is because he already had that name recognition from last time in 2016. And, I mean, it's definitely important. It's the same reason that Hillary Clinton managed to sail her way to a uh, almost presidency in 2016. And it's the same reason that, yeah, we're having to fight every step of the way just to get Biden's fucking dead brain to yeah. stop trying to run for president. <laughs> it's insane. Such an old senile man. It yeah. was so funny that one time he called uh, Bernie Sanders the president. Yeah, you were talking about that <laughs> last episode, bro. I can't yeah, believe you. It's, it's hilarious. I mean, he's so, so fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I, the funniest part, though, was not even the fact that he was talking about his black support, but he basically said that uh the like he was talking about how the only black african-american woman or the only african-american woman who had been elected to the senate and i think it like it wasn't at a debate with kamala harris yeah it was it was at the most recent debate he was talking about that and kamala harris was like literally standing right there like uh no i'm not you know (laughs) that's not the only african-american he's literally standing (laughs) next to someone it's it's just ridiculous i mean the man has brain problems he needs to be yeah. He needs to be retired. That's how you know to he farm. writes his own shit, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is, is, like PR people is like, you should probably say something. They like say, no, 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 no. I, I got it. I, I'm, listen, I, I've done this before. I've done this for years. I got this. Imagine how much the Biden campaign pays for, like, a psychiatrist for their staffers to literally, like, console them and stop them from committing suicide every time Biden gets on stage and digs the hole a little bit deeper. <laughs> you have, like, young 20-year-old interns that are, like, writing all of his talking points that are good, and then when he goes up there and just fucking blows his foot off in front of everyone, they're yeah. just suicide. They're literally having a gun in their mouth every single debate just waiting to pull the fucking I feel like every debate that happens like biden's points in the polls just go down and down and down yeah yeah i've literally been saying that the best uh the best campaign material for bernie sanders is every time biden gets on stage man it's embarrassing he just gets slapped around by everyone like it's not even like i mean we like to talk about bernie because he's our big fucking dry boy but Mm -hmm. but i mean every time biden talks to anyone he just gets slapped around and dominated by all these young blood people and by young i mean like you know 70 fucking four years old just because he's an ancient dinosaur that can barely breathe what do you think about uh andrew yang i've heard that he's like getting less time to talk uh, during the debates yeah speak i it's funny that you mentioned that because when i was walking to class the other day on the side of neyland stadium at ut uh, there was an Andrew Yang. There was graffiti on the side of the stadium. Yang said, Yang. It said Yang 2020, and I just like laughed my ass off on the way to class. It. I mean, it's, what what do I think about him? I think he's a fucking clown. I think he's a really good guy, but he's like he's he, he has tries no so hard to be hip with the youth. 
Yeah. I mean, he's literally just... Did you see that tweet the other day where he literally said, I'm literally trying to give every American person $1,000? And that was the whole tweet. <laughs> it was just, I'm yeah. literally trying to give you $1,000. Please clap. Because that's his only, like, talking uh, point. Did you, know? you did you see where he was in, like, that marijuana grow farm? And he said, say my... It said... The tweet said, say my name. <laughs> say Breaking my Bad. name. Oh, uh, like, you're, <laughs> you're making me cringe like a grandpa. Fuck. God. And he's like one of the youngest people up there, isn't he? I guess uh, Mayor Pete's probably younger than him. Fucking Mayo dude, Pete. Pete. Dude, his his points in the polls, dude, like the, the, the polling that they did recently. What even was, happened, what? bro? I, I don't swear. know. I didn't. I, dude, I don't know, dude. Beto dropped out, and they. I guess all the fucking like white Obama supporters were just like, fuck, now who do we support? Fuck right. it, just go to like. They can't support a woman because I guess that's too far like they can't support warren because i guess she's too, too far, far to the now. left but they will they'll be like okay well this guy's gay but he's still a safe candidate because he, he's very fucking centrist apologist for you know he's basically center right candidate a lot like biden was a lot like beto was as well and like i guess um, so it doesn't really surprise me that they're supporting him but i just didn't expect the difference to be so great after especially i mean like what has he done recently every time i see him he's basically the butt of the joke yeah, it seems I, like. I guess that haven't that's heard a, anything about him until recently. Yeah, I guess it's a testament to how much like left wing Twitter people I follow, but like everyone just fucking shits on on Beto, on Biden, and on Pete. So I don't know. I've never met a Pete supporter, but I guess they're out there because he's polling like nine percent. So. Yeah, honestly, the polling shit. Like every time I see like the poll numbers, honestly, they're just bullshit. Like every oh, yeah. even like, when it comes to every website, the numbers are so drastically different. They're like, oh, Warren's pulling ahead at fucking thirty-one points right now, and then like you'll look at something else, and it'll be like, yeah, she's actually at like twenty-one. I forgot which website, but like they they're, like they're really fans of Warren and like to push her points like way more than it actually is. Yeah, and like I've said before on the show, polling is total fucking bullshit. Like, it doesn't matter. Literally all it is, because even because even if the polling is 100% accurate, which is obviously impossible, but let's just say it's 100% accurate, it doesn't actually reflect how people are going to vote on election day because this country, our party system is actually very undemocratic. Like, you're not attached to anything. You can change your position at any time. You can choose to vote for whoever you want on the day of the election. Who you are talking about on social media and doing... It has no bearing on who you're going to vote for. So, like, literally all polling is is just a reflection of how much media attention this person is getting, which is why the f- the three front runners are always going to be the people who you see in the news the most. Even if the front runners are, like, even if, like, there's another candidate in the race who's very popular, like, ideologically speaking, the media attention is always going to win out in the end. Because people are mindless. And, well, I don't want to say mindless. They don't have time to think about this shit in their, yeah. in their everyday lives because they're trying to just survive. And they're not wonks like us who just read the news all day and jerk off and want to kill themselves. They actually have lives and shit. So, you know, at the end of the day, what they see is what they get. Yeah, they like they see the numbers like, all right, these are the numbers. Like, there's no point in voting for anyone else. I'll vote for this person because they're obviously, you know, they're right. going to make it. Yeah, and I mean, like, there are a lot of good-intentioned liberals out there that are like, okay, I'm going to vote for whoever is up. And, you know, I don't really have that much time to invest in politics. But, I mean, honestly, this is the most important part is the actual primary, especially in a year like this. When in you know in 2018 we had the the wave election for the Democrats, a lot of like socialist candidate uh, candidates got washed into the Senate, or, sorry into the House in that uh, election, and that's why they were able to pass 
a, a lot of things that they've done, including the impeachment shit, which, you know, I haven't been keeping up with very much. And I think, honestly, it's not going to amount to anything. But even if it doesn't, it, the reason that that was possible was because people voted in the House race in 2018. And the primary is a lot like that because you have the ability to put a candidate who you very much ideologically align with like say for example bernie sanders with us whereas in the general you have an option between a literal alt-right borderline proto-fascist you know neo-fascist whatever you want to call it regardless of what his ideology is it's fucking wrong so you have to choose between him and whoever they choose to put up and your only chance to pick who that is is during the primary so it is important to vote in primaries super important uh, remember when uh, President uh, Donald Trump first got elected and people were like, but guys, like back in the, the fucking early 2000s, he said that he was like a Democrat and oh, yeah. like maybe he actually wants to push something, like push good things in the yeah. house. Isn't that, that's what has he done? Nothing. He's done what fucking is, nothing. He's worthless. He, he is a nobody fucking fail son who inherited his fucking wealth and bankrupted every company he laid hands on and then failed his way up to the presidency. Just like all of these fucking ghouls, dude. None of them have done anything. That's the fucking point. They are worthless. If they disappear tomorrow, no one would care or remember. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about uh, Donald Trump uh, on this podcast because I feel like it's obvious how we feel about him. Yeah. Exactly. There's no point in fucking beating that horse. There's no point in talking about it right now. And especially because he's very much an inconsequential man. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, it keeps me up at night that he has the fucking nuclear football next to his bedroom, right next to his fucking double cheeseburger, Big Mac, large fry combo. And he could just end all life on Earth at any moment. That does keep me up at night. But at the end of the day, he's a fucking dementia-addled sea sponge who does not have control of his bodily functions, let alone his, an ability to legislate or lead the country. So at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And it is like local elections that change politics, change politics in our everyday life. It still is a fucking embarrassment to have him in there, though. I can't believe he got elected. Like, I was so surprised back in 2016, three years ago, dude. That I'm like, dude, there's no way Donald Trump's going to win. There's no way. And then we we were looking at the live coverage of the yeah. on Google Maps, like of all these states flipping red, Florida, <laughs> Texas, you know, all this. It was like a states. slow moving uh, train crash. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, this isn't happening. You know, on that note, I feel like since then, I've been surprised by a lot less. You know what I mean? If I feel like yeah. if nothing else during the Obama era they were obsessed with process this is one of the things i hate about obama in fact is the fact that he's obsessed with like uh uh, political norms and political process and like it used to surprise me when they would do things that they weren't supposed to do which rarely happened and it's why i think that the nsa shit was such a big story back when obama was president is because even though they were drone striking women and children and like carrying out fucking coups in south america and uh and shit like that and executing terrorists executing innocents alongside masquerading as terrorists regardless of the fact that they were doing that they always did it by the book you know what i mean so liberals would apologize for it because they're like oh they're not doing anything illegal and in fact richard spencer the neo-nazi rightfully called out one of those liberals on twitter the other day talking about how uh back when obama was president you stayed selectively silent when he used the war powers act to do strikes on syria and the fucked up thing is richard spencer the fucking nazi is actually correct because liberals are always silent when people if the if you legally blow up a hospital it's not a big deal but if you do it like trump and you do it flagrantly and illegally or you know do it where it's like morally gray 
or legally gray, I suppose, then suddenly it's a huge issue. But Obama did that shit all the time. Yeah, that guy was spineless. Yeah. I hate that guy. Remember when uh, Donald Trump dropped the Moab? What do you mean? He dropped the Moab on, uh, fuck, was it Syria? No, I found it. I found the, um, it was, we dropped the largest non-nuclear bomb in Afghanistan recently, in uh, 2017. It was, uh, it blew up in the, it blew up in the air, so it didn't, like, do any, like, super, it did, like, so basically what it was supposed to do was to destroy, uh, infrastructures and, um, Oh, like, right, uh, yeah. And stuff like that. And that was and in it, response to the, uh, shit, I don't remember. I do remember this, though. I don't remember why they did it, but it was, like, in response to something that they, that they did. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't matter, bro. At the end of yeah. the day, like every president does this shit. It's just people are mad because it's Trump. Like there is this cognitive dissonance in the liberal mind where they're like, yeah, I don't want to kill people except these people. But it's not OK if we do it ugly. We have to do it pretty. We have to do it nice. We have to kill these people with fucking the book. biodegradable bullets that plant trees after we murder the family. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not an ideology. It's a fucking farce it's literally just uh, a fig leaf over the same imperial goals that the right wing has uh god speaking of uh, the white house the u.s house oh. committee uh approved uh, the white they, house. uh to decriminalize marijuana at a federal level passes through the committee house oh yeah i saw that i mean that's worthless i saw a lot of people getting uh, all hyped up about that on reddit yeah but i mean do you remember last episode when I talked about how a lot of candidates will use the fact that they sponsored like really uh, bills that they knew were progressive that looked good, but they knew had zero chance of passing? I kind of yeah, see that I like the, see that. I kind of see this like that because yeah, the 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 legalized marijuana caucus or whatever approved this bill or committee approved this bill, and yeah, it goes to vote in the house, but even if it passes, which yeah it is likely that it'll pass it doesn't matter because the senate will never i doubt mcconnell will even hear it let alone pass it and like even yeah, if mcconnell decides the, to hear it i doubt it would pass so there's no yeah. it's totally a waste of time i mean i guess yeah, congress has to legislate right that's their job but it's never gonna pass so it's totally just a fucking smoke show yeah, that's what no people are saying intended. this is no way it's gonna pass in the republican majority senate yeah no no mcconnell won't hear it no way. Which is honestly sad. Honestly, uh, I, I don't think I've talked about my views on drugs in the United States, but I believe that all drugs should be legal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's really I the think only... all drugs should be legal, um, and, you know, I also think... I think at the very least, decriminalized, I would say. I think all drugs should be legal, and you can buy them at any age you'd like to. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'd say probably decriminalize is probably what I'd say at the very, very least. I think full legalization is the ultimate goal, um, but like for now, decriminalize is literally the least we could do. And then, and you know, of course, coming with that, obviously you have to expunge all of the criminal records of everyone yeah. who has been fucked by the legal system. And free them. Yes, free them immediately and compensate them for their time. Uh, absolutely, obviously. That's just a I mean the reason the reason why I think that there should be no legal drug age on this, you know, my perfect America where all the drugs are legal is because I feel like you you kind of see it in the uh, the alcohol right now where alcohol is like very taboo and it's like oh my god I can only drink this at 21 and that's why a lot of uh, uh minors abuse alcohol is because they don't know much about it and they're like you know what fuck it dude this is my time to drink alcohol I'm going to drink all of it 
and like you see them like dying from alcohol poisoning and shit like that yeah absolutely if there was no like taboo around you know drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes and people were more informed they'd be less likely to actually die from it i totally agree and on top of that i don't even think it's all like a taboo thing i think i'm i think i very much agree with the societal uh model of addiction if you're not familiar with it it's basically the idea that your position in society and your your position in life really your socioeconomic status your material status determines your susceptibility to uh substance abuse mainly things like you know alcohol and especially like opiates today we're having like a huge opiate crisis but it applies to any substance that can be abused even i would even argue things like caffeine for example like people don't do drugs quote unquote drugs like opiates hard drugs like fucking opiates and heroin and shit not that heroin isn't an opiate but you get my point people don't do drugs like that for fun they do it because they're fucked up they do it because they're addicted and they get into it the opiate shit a lot of times they get into it because of prescription drugs but regardless of how they get into it the reason that they can't get out is because of the structures of society that are preventing them from getting out especially if it's an illegal drug like crack or something like that i mean you don't see many crackheads in 2019 but on the off chance that someone gets addicted to crack, they have no recourse. They have nowhere to go. They're treated as a criminal. They can't get a job. They can't feed their addiction because it's too expensive. I mean, there's so many reasons that yeah. drug addicts fail in life, and we never help them. So that's fucked up. No, speaking of drugs, right now, would you do? Would you ever do crack? No. I mean, I personally wouldn't. I'm like very afraid of dying from drugs. So like, I don't even take like over-the-counter drugs. I know what. Okay, but what if like it's the perfect scenario? You know, you're not gonna die if you do crack. Oh, I mean, would like you if try I. It? Well, it depends on like if I knew. Yeah, I think I probably would, cause crack's not like a very. Uh, it's not like very addicting. It's like psychologically addicting, right? So, I think that's so you true. You wouldn't try. If you knew you were going to live uh, after you use it? It depends on my headspace. Like, for example, DMT, I really want to do that. Not to get all fucking Jamie pull that up on the other monitor. But, like, I really want to try DMT, but I'm really afraid to do it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to be in the wrong headspace. Yeah, I'm down to try any drug, I think. If yeah. I knew I was going to live afterwards. Yeah. I Yo, be, snort like, this uh, line of fentanyl. <laughs> Snort this line be, of fentanyl. We're getting fucked up tonight, baby. I think it'd be super, like you know, just to learn the experience. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't want. To, I don't like. I don't. I don't think I have an addictive personality. I don't think I can get addicted to things easily. For, for, as long as I know, as much as I know. Right. Um. But yeah, I'd try any drug if I knew I was gonna live. Of course. We're mainlining ayahuasca out here, boys. <laughs> That's completely the, the ingredients are uh, completely legal. Yeah, definitely do that immediately. Drink it immediately. Having experience. Steal from your job, buy ammo, create ayahuasca, take it, and then do nothing. Because I can't advocate for violence legally. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think about uh, this high schooler using a ghost gun at this uh, recent school shooting? Excuse me? You're going to have to explain that one, boss. It was a, a recent school shooting in uh, California. Oh, really? What the fuck? I didn't even hear about this. When was it? I think it was last week. Oh, okay. Or maybe okay. even two weeks ago. A 16-year-old killed two students and injured three others in a shooting at a Californian high school last week using a ghost gun. What? A ghost gun? What does that even mean? So basically, a ghost gun is a gun that doesn't have any serial numbers, like uh, a oh. serial number... 
serial code on it, I guess. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this person built this gun. That's insane. Well, can't you just, like, file the serial number off as well? Uh, actually, no. If you Even if you uh, try to file down the serial number, uh, there's a technique that forensic scientists can use to actually, like, uh figure out like what was the serial code number oh shit i, I don't know, know the that. exact method but there actually is a way oh okay i was i had no idea that you could do that that's kind of insane actually. yeah it's kinda, yeah but yeah ghost guns a gun that you, they've made themselves a 16 year old what the 16 year old yeah that's kind of crazy stupid. i mean i don't know man i don't know if there's much to say about that that's fucking horrible but it does kind of bring up an interesting question i've been kind of having a personal struggle myself with the idea of guns we've personally david and i have talked about guns a lot i think we agree for the most part about guns like our view on guns largely has to do with the society that we live in and the way i see it like in terms of gun control the number one policies that i would do sensible gun control policies first of all disarm the police right away obviously just fucking what guns gone Be, be gone thought Actually, and, I think we might have different stances. Okay. You can continue. Okay, well, that's my first thing. Dis- disarm the police immediately. And then, I don't know, I guess, like, do gun buybacks, first of all. But I've been... I ha- My brother actually texted me and sent me a, a really long post of people that were basically making a case for the idea of arming the working class. Have you ever, like, heard of this idea? A lot of extreme leftists have this thought i mean yeah i've heard of arming the working class right yeah i mean the general idea is that like in order to do a revolution it wouldn't be possible without guns which i obviously admit yeah of course yeah but at the same time i'm not like a revolutionist i don't really necessarily believe in revolution in the current state that we live in right now and also not only do i not necessarily believe in it but i also don't think it's possible and that's part of the reason why i don't believe in it However, I've been kind of changing my mind on the whole gun thing because I think that it would be cool, first of all, to have guns for the reason that if a revolution was ever necessary as a last resort, it would be nice to have them. And second of all, I think that in this country, culturally speaking, our society is so attached to the idea of guns. There are a lot of leftists, people that are even further left than us people that are just as left as us who also think that we should have guns and guns should be allowed and guns everyone in the working class should have guns because that puts us on an even playing ground with the capitalists which i mean i kind of agree to kind of agree with to an extent but i'm torn on it because i don't like living in the gun country you know what i mean i don't like living in this country uh, where we're the gun yeah people. do you know what you mean caleb but i like I, I know we've talked about this before i don't think it makes sense to take away the guns from the cops but allow our citizens to still have guns i feel like if you want to take away guns you need to take it away from everybody well i would just i just think that the gun thing would or the cop thing would be a start uh i don't think that cops should not have guns and people should not have guns i just think that statistically obviously cops have shown that they cannot use them responsibly and in the in the interest of the working class because as we've talked about on this show before the cops exist largely to subjugate the working class which is a bad thing on its own but even under those under that paradigm you could remove guns from police still have them be protectors of capital that don't actually care about the working class, that's fine if it still exists like that, but at least then they can't shoot us.
Sure. I think if that would happen, we need to like uh, look into non-lethal uh, weapons. Yeah, for, but I mean, like, cops like, already like, carry like, non-lethals, man. They have tasers, they have a baton, I mean, and they like, have like, pepper like, spray, riot I mean, gear, dogs. The thing is, used against a person hopped up on drugs, like, they're not going to feel those effects of a taser. Like, they're not going to care about the pepper spray if they're so hopped up on drugs. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, you need a way to, like, detain them, like, quickly. So, I don't know if you've ever seen that, like, one thing where it's, like, a, um, it's, like, a ball and string, and, you know, it wraps around them, like, and Oh, yeah, bolas. Yeah, bolas. Yeah, bolas. <laughs> like, they used like, back need, in like, the fucking prehistoric times to take down yeah, dinosaurs. We, <laughs> yeah, we need, we need, like, bola guns to, like, I mean, you know, take down, um, people, like, stuff like that. I don't know if it's, that. like, okay to say, but I just really don't give a fuck about cops. Like, I, I don't care if they're able to catch criminals like if a cop can't subdue a criminal i really don't care i, I don't want them to first like in the first place so in my mind i get what you're saying like if i were a cop i would want to have a fucking gun because everyone has a gun and i don't want to get shot and i want to be able to shoot people first before they shoot me but as a worker i don't want to be surrounded by cops that have guns i don't call the police even when i'm afraid even when i think it's worth calling them i've never i've called the police one time and it was because I thought someone was going to kill themselves. Like, it was an immediate threat. So I called the police to his house. And Wait, can you call? Can you say this story? I Actually, I don't think I've heard this story before. Yeah, it's a... I mean, there's not much to the story. It was a friend of a friend. And we just, like, happened to link up. And I... I mean, like, I personally struggle with mental health a lot in my life. I've never, like, attempted suicide or whatever. I don't want to pretend to, like, understand the thoughts that are going people through people's heads. But... I've had suicidal thoughts before. I understand depression. I've been living with it for a long time. I have anxiety, a whole, whole host of other issues, and I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. And so I was telling this guy about kind of how I've been dealing with it, and he was telling me he was in a really dark place. So I uh, got his phone number and his info and stuff, and I was like, hey, man, seriously, if you ever need to talk, you can always text me or call me or whatever. I'm I'm here and like I don't know I'm not gonna be able to cure you but I can at least listen and like one day out of nowhere he texted me and he was like dude I really like I can't take this shit anymore I don't know who else to talk to I think I'm just gonna fucking kill myself and he was like telling me how he didn't really want to do it but he just like didn't see another way out and like it, it was pretty obvious to me that he really just Jesus. he was reaching out you know what I mean like I, I could tell yeah, that he didn't want like he didn't want to die but like he, he was gonna kill himself but well, not necessarily, because that's the thing. When people get in that situation, and I mean, like, I think everyone has been there to an extent, but most people don't know what it's like to never get out of that spot. And I think people with depression can understand that a lot better. So, I mean, I was able to talk to him, but I mean, ultimately, there's only so much you can do when you're far away. So I called the police on him. I, it took me a long time to make that decision, but I don't regret it because he later he texted me and like i was going through so much shit then that was such an emotional burden on me it was insane like after i called the cops on him he like totally turned on me and blamed me for all that shit and i just blocked him and like i i regretted doing that for weeks and then he texted me again and said that he was like he like apologized for saying all that shit to me and said that he appreciated me calling the cops because it kind of like gave him the push that he needed to go get professional help because he would never listen to me when i said yeah you need to see a fucking doctor because that really is all i can say i'm not a doctor i can't prescribe him medicine or a treatment so yeah i mean that's the advice i gave him and eventually he took it so i don't regret doing it but even in that situation the fact that i was so hesitant to call the police because i knew that that guy was threatening to kill himself and 
I hear so many stories every day about people getting the cops called on them and dying when it was just like a domestic call that I struggled with it for like hours trying to decide whether to call the police on this guy that I thought was actually going to kill himself at any moment. That's how much I fear the police. (laughs) What did did you say? Or you just knew his address? Yeah, I got his address from a mutual friend because I didn't want him to like know that because first of all I was gonna I was planning to just go there myself but it was way too far away so I couldn't it was like a multiple hour drive Jesus yeah I mean it was a sad situation but really like you had to do it the thing exactly and the thing that stuck with me is that in that moment I was very 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 desperate and I called the police but I've been in moments where I'm extremely desperate in other situations and I'm like I'm very desperate right now, but I would never call the police because they would just make it worse. I never imagine a situation. If I have to interact directly with the police, I will never, ever, ever call them in my life. Because there's just... I mean, I'm afraid, dude. I don't want to be near them. I feel like they're going to hurt I mean, me. What are you going to do And if like you know someone's beating their uh, significant other? Are you not going to call the police? No, I mean, like it depends on the situation. Like If someone is being killed, I'll call the police. But, I mean, like, if I can help someone myself or if I can help someone, like, through a con- uh, through connection with other people or through community or some other way, I would do that every single day before I called the police, 100%. Because I mean, when yeah, do the, the cops come? The problem. When do cops come and the situation ends up better? That's really my question. I mean, like, I was thinking more, like, if there's something, like, violent going on. You wouldn't oh, want to get mean, yourself like, into yeah. that. If it's I mean, something that I, I agree knew that. I couldn't handle, then yeah, I would call the cops. But I wouldn't want to. But I guess I, w- I would have to. I'd be forced to. I think, you know, having a, a peacekeeper is necessary. But obviously the current peacekeepers we have now aren't the ones we need. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is my recommendation to people. If you are not a wealthy person, only call the police in matters of life and death. Like, unironically. If you can handle a problem without the police, even if it's dangerous, even if it's, like, something that you probably shouldn't be doing, I would recommend you not call the police. Like, unironically. Unless you're going to die or someone else is dying or if someone's bleeding or if someone needs medical attention, obviously then call the police because you can save their life by doing that. But if it's some domestic thing or some economic thing or some petty shit that you don't need the cops for, don't fucking call them. I feel like there's like a lot of cases where you, you you need to call the police, but if it's something you can reasonably handle yourself without getting into danger, yeah, maybe there's no reason to obviously to call yeah. the police. Yeah, some fucking white people are just dying to call the police at any moment. There are so many Karens that like I hear stories on the news about black people just like having barbecues in a park, and like a SWAT car will show up with like thirty guys yeah. in fucking full gear or walking through a white neighborhood. Exactly, like. People just call the cops to, I don't know, what, why, why? I guess it's because they never interact with the police. I've heard this before, and I agree with it so much. Your opinion of the police is almost entirely based on the number of times that you have to interact with them in your life. Does that make sense? Like, if you ever interact with the police, it's always going to be negative because it always is because police never exactly like police don't go places where good things are happening that's their job is to be at places where bad things are happening so if you interact with the police it's probably not good and so every time you talk to them you you 
hate them a little more. That's why criminals hate police. Yeah. I hate police because I hate the institution. I don't hate individual police, but I don't blame, like, especially, like, minorities in this country. I don't blame them for just mindlessly hating the police because I probably fucking would, too, if they were out to get me. Uh, especially when I got my speeding ticket in the same, like, the, on the road I live on, I was going 20 over the speed limit because, like, it's a very empty, dead road, and... I was, it was a, it's a 40 miles per hour and I was going over 20 and I, I was like late for work. I'm like, shit, I gotta be there. Okay. And I'm like, fuck, I'm getting pulled over right now. And I got a fucking $200 ticket on oh an empty God. ass road. Cause I was going 20 above it, even though like, it, honestly, that road should be like 55 miles per hour or something like that. <laughs> yep. Because it's so, so fucking empty. And I'm yeah. like, God, I fucking hate this dude right now. You know what like, they use that money for? They used it to buy armor-piercing rounds to go and execute 25 dogs in the neighborhood later that day, bro. So good job on funding that shit. Yeah, I know. I know you showed me that image earlier today about the dogs killing, uh, police yeah. killing 20 dogs a day. I love I that shit. I wonder how true that is. Is that? No, it's not. I mean, crazy. it's probably true, but there are no statistics on it. Like, there's no bureau in the government no that tracks how many. Yeah, exactly. It probably is more than 20 dogs a day, if I had to guess, but it's there's no official statistics on it i do like reading i love it when i see like random numbers on the internet with no context and i just automatically know that it's some like statistic about cops like the whole 40 percent thing have you seen this number come up all the time uh what about it it's basically like statistically 40 percent of cops are like domestic abusers so um, like a lot of people will say like anytime anyone talks about cops they just say the word 40 percent and like i instantly laugh i'm like i mean it's not funny it's fucked up but like 40 percent, and that's only the ones that get caught i think i've said that before but like 40 percent of cops I get mean, caught yeah, beating blue, their wives. blue yeah i mean i don't know i don't know i we talk about this shit too much I think it's kind of crazy it's because they have so much power in their community yes they're not bad people just fuck the institution of the police we can change it and make it better yeah, yeah. that's for sure cops are not bad uh, necessarily it's just these cops it's always it's because they have fucking police unions dude. I, th- I don't think police unions should be a thing no, I mean like, unions. Police should be unions accountable. Are in general good. Yes, unions are in general good, but the police union is not a union in the general sense of the word. The police union is a lot like the uh, the SAG, like the, the Actors Guild. Yes, exactly. It's to protect the police. It's to protect the capitalist class because the police are the arm of the of the capitalist class that they use to subjugate you and then the police do internal investigations on themselves to see if they're doing anything wrong it's kind of weird like the whole idea of who watches the watchman it's it's a weird problem but if they were held accountable to the public that wouldn't be an issue so yeah i, I like i said i think it's the power that corrupts the person like they're, they're probably a good person but like they have so much power in their community like they're like fuck it i can do whatever i want Right. You know, like, I'm the person who fucking delivers the punishing. Like, who's going to punish me? Yeah. Cops sit outside my work all the time, like, shooing off homeless people that are trying to relax on the bench outside. So ridiculous. Have you seen yeah. those, like, the like they'll put something up in sleeping pieces of, like, the homeless people just so they can't sleep there? Have yeah. I said this on the podcast before? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about but this in episode one. It's so crazy. It is like insane. just 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 so they can't sleep there, you know. Fuck you. We're gonna put up like a pole here, some poles there. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of work, though, I actually met with a guy, one of my friends from our acquaintances from high school, and uh, I very, very, very much disagree with this guy politically. He's like your average, like right as far as i know because i haven't talked to this guy in years. But he was always like he. I just kind of found myself 
getting angry because I had been working for like seven or eight and a half hours almost. I was because I had a nine hour shift and I was about to leave and he came in and he was talking to me and he was just telling me about like how hard his life was right then. And like he was telling me how he was trying to prepare for his exams. And like in the back of my mind, I was just thinking, you know, I'm working 35 hours this week on a holiday week, Thanksgiving week. I'm not going home to see my family because I'm working. I'm also preparing for my exams. I'm taking seven or 18 hours a semester. I mean, my life is fucking hard, bro. And like, I don't have yeah. any any support from anyone. Like, my family all supports me emotionally, but no one can afford to support me financially. I'm fucking struggling out here. Mm-hmm. And this yeah, guy, yeah. I know for a fact his family's rich. I know for a fact he's fucking he's in the conservative students groups at our school. And, like, he advocates for the shit that I just so much disagree with. And then he just, like, talks to me in my face. And he's a super nice guy. So I find myself worried whenever I'm just hating these people. Like, you know, I I felt bad about it later after I got off work. And I was like, you know, I shouldn't hate this guy because he didn't do anything to me. But I just found myself so fucking envious. I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be fucking nice to be able to take as many hours as I want not have to worry about shit, have everything paid for, not have to have a job, be able to go to the doctor when I fucking need to because I haven't been able to do that. It, I don't know, man. Do you ever get angry at people that have more than you, even though you know you probably shouldn't? Um, I mean, I don't think I get angry at them. I just probably get like, fuck, dude, I wish that were me. I'd probably get jealous more than angry. Like, you know, it's not their fault that, you know, their parents are super rich. Yeah, I almost, it's almost like I'm getting angry at them as a proxy for, like, the greater system, you know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I know rationally, I'm not really angry at this guy, I don't hate this guy, I mean, I disagree with his politics, I hate his politics, but at the end of the day, his politics are just a result of his class, you know, it's not his fault he was born wealthy, and it's not my yeah, fault I was born poor. Exactly, and like wants to protect his lifestyle. I don't blame the individual cl- uh, capitalist for protecting their class interests. That's just the way human beings work. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't like that about myself. I thought I would fucking mention it because I want to grow to be a better person. Because I do think it's important to remember that the average person, the average fucking chud, right wing conservative voter, is not your enemy. Those people don't know shit. They're fucking inconsequential. You can't... Like, you're not going to convince them because they have no idea what's going on. You should just ignore them. You shouldn't worry about... You shouldn't envy them because their lives are fucking empty just like yours. What you should do is be mad at the people who allow this shit to continue to happen. I think it's just really important to remember that. Don't hate the average person. Hate the fucking people that pit you against them. Yeah, speaking about um, America, what would you think your perfect America would be? My perfect America would just be like yeah. basically a a social or sorry a democratic socialist America. Basically, the idea is that yeah, I mean we all collectively decide what to do with the country. The country is not represented by for, like the whole idea of the electoral college. It needs to be abolished immediately. I'm iffy on the idea of federalism. I kind of agree with it for the reason that America is so big, but I disagree with it because of the fact that it's kind of like a bourgeois concept. I mean, Lenin was famously against federalism. I kind of agree with him on everything else. I I was shaky on his federalism case because he talks about why he says it's a bourgeois idea. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, so I'm kind of not 100% on that. But like, 
yeah, America just needs to change completely. The The system of capitalism needs to be deleted instantly. That My dream America is a fully socialist America with no class. Class the is the cancer that kills the first world societies that we live in today. I just want to live in America where all the government cares about is how happy they can make their citizens. Like, I just want, like, if... Um, like the world was like a civ game like their happiness is just like a hundred percent every turn they're gonna get a hundred happiness dude like that would be perfect for me like if if i could be as happy as it can be every day that would be perfect for me like and i wouldn't care about anything else right. if the government made me happy i think i'd be that'd be I'd, you know i love it obviously yeah the way i see it is that like let's say everyone exists on a scale of one to ten ten being the most happy or the most comfortable that you can possibly be like tens would be people like elon musk jeff bezos bill gates those people are tens and people like ones would be homeless people with no access to anything no job no anything and like it what people think of socialism is that you want everyone to be a five because you are selfish and you don't want to work so you'd rather just steal all of your money and everyone would be equal and everyone would be a five because that's what people think socialism is but in my mind the reality is that the reason that these people exactly the reason that these people are able to be tins is because they have stolen all of these points from us in reality everyone should be like an eight because in reality it's not everyone exists on a scale of one to ten it's the average person exists on a scale of one to ten and then the rich people exist on a scale of one to three trillion and we can never reach that level because we don't even exist on the same scale so my my uh, prescription would just be to bring everyone to the same playing field, eliminate the class structures in society, and I think that it would sort itself out, out after that. And I mean, that's a huge undertaking, so it sounds kind of simplistic to say that, but at the end of the day, it's a simple idea. The idea is that class needs to be abolished, but it's actually implementing it is a little more complicated, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a political theorist. I have my own opinions about things, but I don't pretend to be like a policy wonk so yeah. I, don't yeah, I don't know i don't know what the best one has yeah i don't think there's any place in the world where they have the perfect government and like all these things are super happy happy like you know everything no definitely like, not but, but there are places that are better than us and that's for sure yeah for sure and people like oh man they dream like america's the best thing and it's on average yeah it's better than most nations but it's not like all their citizens are happy yeah i was having this conversation on the on twitter the other day basically saying like the best possible thing to do if you wanted to be rich is to grow up in a like upper middle class in another country like let's say denmark or like even a lower income country like i don't know fucking poland or some shit or germany not that germany is low income but compared to america and then immigrate to america after you go to college because then you get the degree without all the debt you, you'll be like 22, 23 when you graduate, and then you move to America with no strings attached, and then you can just exploit the working class with your newfound education. <laughs> that would be the best thing to do I if you wanted to get rich. Over. Exactly. It's yeah. genius. Uh, like, you know, our thoughts of America is like super progressive, and like, you know, we might not ever get there. No. But um, no. I know something that you wanted to talk about was yeah. uh, Elizabeth Warren. That's actually a great segue because that is an idea that I think people need to get used to, the idea that we may never get there. And that's kind of like what led me to get so mad at this story, man. So (laughs) here is a story. This is the fucking case for Elizabeth Warren by an author called 
oh god, I think her name is like June Lee or something like that. And she's making a case for Elizabeth Warren as a progressive ally. And you may have heard this uh, like sentiment among leftists or centrists, I guess, basically saying like, yeah, Bernie is great. We agree with Bernie. We love Bernie. We want him just as much as you do. But hear yeah. me out. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> we need to put Warren yeah. in instead. <laughs> because because liberals literally, they don't know how not to compromise. They cannot actually... G- Whenever they said what they wanted to be when they grew up, their dream was, I want to work at Walmart as a fucking clerk for 30 years. They never said, I want to be a goddamn astronaut or a doctor. They instantly started compromising when they were born because they don't know how to fucking strive for dreams. They don't understand that, like, okay, yeah, Elizabeth Warren, probably not the best or probably not the worst possible thing that can happen. I admit that. Probably the best president that we would have if she gets elected, probably the best one we'd have ever in the history of the U.S. I don't disagree with that statement but the because bernie sanders is on the ticket if you support warren and you call yourself a leftist or a socialist you're a fucking coward and this person's article just perfectly illustrates yeah. that it's so annoying a lot of people think we have to settle for something closer to the center because you know they're like dude Bern- bernie's so good he, it's like it's but like, bernie's too good to be true like it's he's not gonna make it you know he's too radical and you know we need someone a little more closer to the center like yeah. obama yeah and this person is basically a great example let me read a little bit of what she says she says she talks about how she was growing up and she grew up pretty liberal and like how she loved the government and like she was kind of your everyday centrist liberal but then she says rather like elizabeth warren i discovered a system i once believed in i eventually found it to be fundamentally broken warren is one of my allies in the broader progressive movement to bring about justice and structural reform in this country so she's basically you know just like all of us like we grow up kind of liberal and then we in my case like i realized well this shit's kind of ridiculous and she had that same realization which is great so let's see where that leads her she says her evolving views and journey over time reminded her of elizabeth warren's own story she grew up in conservative (laughs) oklahoma and was socially liberal but fiscally conservative which is a thing that is not a fucking real thing it's a contradiction of terms you cannot be socially liberal and fiscally conservative those two things are antithetical so anyone who says that, you should just fucking delete your brain and stop listening to them. But let's it's keep reading. It's such a reading. meme joke, dude. It's, it's such a <laughs> it's meme su- line, it, it really is. Like, it's the thing it's that every fucking liberal says, dude. It's so crazy. Every Hillary Clinton supporter has that tattooed on their fucking ankle. It's insane. She basically says, she, uh, Warren challenged her entire worldview and went through personal transformations that led her to fight for consumer rights and rein in the influence of banks and massive corporations, going from conservative to one of the most left-leaning people in politics. Again, fucking wrong. <laughs> These people don't know what leftism is. She, then she goes on for a while about some bills that Warren attempted to pass, or some of which she successfully passed, to kind of like give uh, more like ethos to her fucking claim yeah and she says right yeah and she's like she says there's a perception of progressives that they're perpetually dissatisfied performative do-nothings and that they just get elected and then pontificate from the bench to the rest of us from their ivory towers which i mean is ostensibly true like to be completely fair but there's one person she says breaks the mold elizabeth warren because uh in 2016 the author basically one she was just crying every night trying to get warren to run for president obviously we know in 2016 warren decided not to run for president but this this lady was one of the people that was basically begging her to run because she agreed with her campaign so much 
And that was the first time that she saw, during the 2016 campaign, was the first time that she saw Bernie Sanders. And she started to say, well, if I can't have Warren, I guess I'll support She's forced to support Bernie. She says about Bernie, he sometimes veered too much into class reductionist rhetoric, and that seemed to turn off some potential support. And I wondered how much of his agenda he'd actually be effective at delivering as president. I remembered Hillary Clinton as someone who had some progressive bona fide in the 90s and has done impressive things like lobbying for CHIP. Yet Warren called Hillary out in 2004 for turning her back on bankruptcy reform. And Sanders, in 2016, was proposing the policies I, where I thought the policy needed to head. So, I don't know if you caught that, but she's kind of tacitly implying that Bernie Sanders is a lot like Hillary Clinton. Because in the 90s, Clinton was pretending to be progressive, but then in 2016, when she actually ran, her platform was pretty conservative. It's an interesting comparison, to say the least, because Bernie Sanders has been fighting for a fucking leftist agenda for literally longer than probably this author has even been alive so yeah it w- it's interesting for her to say that he's masquerading as a leftist and he's just going to get in office and i don't know like instantly flip to the right seems a little yeah, far-fetched ridiculous she's like the classic modern democrat today that's actually like very conservative exactly and and the idea that if he, if he can't get his agenda through he's somehow not effective any president cannot get their agenda through. That is the whole point. Our government is fucking broken. But we need to shoot for the stars. I hate this incremental change bullshit because if eventually, like, every time something happens that pushes this country to the left, yeah, we win small victories, which is great. But every time it happens, basically, that becomes the new center. So, like, when Obamacare got passed... It became really hard for for conservatives or liberals to take away Obamacare, but it became really easy for them to say things like, well, we passed Obamacare, we're good now, things are okay now. That's the problem, is because in this Bismarckian like so- society that we live in, every time you win a battle, people just want it to be over. They just want to live their lives, which is why if we want to do that, we have to win the biggest fucking battle of the history of the u.s if we want to win one battle it has to be the one that fucking matters it can't be all these little bullshit ones yeah uh, 2020 is going to be a big year for a lot of things especially in the united states such a huge who actually becomes the president such a huge year i mean this is definitely our last chance to get sanders in office it's and it's on the back of a wave election that won the democrats a majority in the house and some people think that a senate the senate could be one as well soon so i mean imagine bernie sanders with all with control of all three branches of the government that like, would be insane it's the dream that people had in 2008 it's what they thought obama was going to be obviously it was idiotic to think that but i guess people were very excited to have someone other than bush back in 2008 Be- i mean obviously because he's a ghoul so i guess i don't blame them for that reason um but yeah, basically Basically, after 2016 happened and Trump got elected, Lee's fucking brain cracked and she just thought, okay, that's it. Everyone fucking pack up. Our number one goal, get any progressive candidate in office, no matter who it is. She's terrified of Trump's reelection. She says, I wondered if Warren might fit too much into the Republican-formed anti-liberal stereotype of the scolding coastal elites in her ivory towers. I didn't want to immediately go in on one candidate, which I guess is why she wrote this article, because she doesn't want to go in on one candidate. But she wanted to evaluate objectively and give both a chance to win her over. Over the course of Warren's campaign, I remembered why I liked her. She released comprehensive plans 
plan after plan and captured the attention of media, making uh, policy wonkiness cool. Her Accountable Capitalism Act, which gives workers 40% control over the board of directors election, is a huge act that terrifies Republicans who are paying attention to it. Blah, 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 blah. She's just, again, just trying to jerk off all of Warren's things. I love this fucking idea that Warren is the only politician that has plans. Have you heard this a lot about Warren? Uh, yeah, like, that she has, like, shit's on politics, she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. What, I don't understand, because on one hand, her plans are fine, but Bernie has plans in every yeah, single aspect too. of her fucking platform, and all of his plans are further to the left. So I don't really understand what this idea is that she's the one with the plan. She's the woman with the plan, breaking the mold. And Bernie's just the crazy socialist fucking Yoda-looking ass that doesn't actually have any policies. He's been preaching the same platform since 2016, and it hasn't changed. In 2016, he didn't release enough of his platform, I thought. But in 20, but in now, his platform yeah, is fully released. Know. Everyone knows what he wants to do. He has numbers and math. And all of his plans are further to the left. So that's interesting. Yeah, I want to make a bet, like I was saying earlier, that like if Bernie does get elected in 2020 and he doesn't do anything to change America, I'll eat my own shit live on cam. Oh my, me too. Fuck it, me too, bro. I'll eat my fucking, I'll eat my own shit live on cam if he gets elected and doesn't pass anything. And yeah, so the author basically goes on fucking pontificating saying, I am to the left of Warren and consider myself a socialist. Interesting. Why am I so supportive of Warren, who still refers to herself as capitalist to the bones and isn't quite as bold in rhetoric as Bernie, instead of just unequivocally being all in for Bernie? Well, like the vast majority of voters, I don't solely consider ideological alignment and policy agreement, though it is a big factor. Other factors come into play, namely their ability to pass their platforms. But the president isn't the emperor, so their ability to pass their platform is what matters. Bernie is good, but Warren is better. Bernie supporters, Bernie supporters claim that Bernie's the candidate because he started the movement that will lead the progressives taking control. But I have zero interest in a Bernie movement. I have zero interest in a Warren movement. Any movement tied too closely to loyalty in one central figure is not sustainable or very socialist. What What do you think about that statement, Violet? Honestly, I think it's just crazy that like she has to. She like, all right, Bernie Warren's the best because she is going to be able to, to actually get stuff done. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she doesn't want the the movement, the leftist movement, to be too attached to one person. But she's it personally admitting that the reason that she supports Warren so much is because of how much she, I guess, heard her name in 2016 and before that when she was in the Senate. It she has practically no nothing to show for anything i mean what has she done what progressive stance has she taken like she wants to battle against big banks but every leftist wants to do that i don't get how this is not run of the mill liberalism it's it is neoliberalism that's all it is and warren's plans are great if you're a social democrat but if you're a socialist it's not socialism it's fucking capitalism with a nice suit on capitalism with really generous wealthy or, or sorry welfare programs which is great for people but it's not enough and the idea that she wants someone that won't be associated with the movement you think the fucking guy whose slogan is literally not me us that is the whole idea of bernie sanders campaign is that it's not him it's a movement and that's why when he ran in 2016 even though he lost the primary he still uh, managed to push the rhetoric of the democratic party 
very far to the left. Would no, we be today? Would we be talking about universal health care if it wasn't for Bernie? Would we be talking about free college if it wasn't for Bernie? I'd say probably fucking not. Yeah. Like, all these Dems, like, look up to Bernie. She says, To be clear, this is not an I stand for war in 2020 post. I'm leaning towards her at the moment, but mainly, I'm cheering for both her and Bernie to lead the, lead the primaries because I think leading in front of Biden would be healthiest for the progressive movement. I'm still holding all candidates' feet to the fire, and who I ultimately vote for next spring depends on which candidate ends up addressing my criticisms. And so, as progressives, we should continue to welcome Warren as our ally to our movement. Her appeal to the Democratic base, her accomplishments, her story of evolution, her leadership style, and deft use of inside-outside strategy, and her policies are needed and deserve our respect. Prefer Bernie or Warren, whichever candidate you want for 2020 primaries. Your vote is your own, and you should never be shamed for it. I would like to, just like to say, first of all, that if you you should be ashamed. There are certain candidates. If you want to vote for them, you should be uh, fucking man. ashamed of yourself. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to vote for Warren, if you want to vote for fucking Gang Gang, yes, like, yes, vote if for you, Bernie. Dude, if you want he's to vote gonna for, do what they're doing, but even better. Yeah, I mean, the, I I think there are degrees of shame. Like, if you want to vote for Warren, it's pretty shameful, but it's not that bad. If you want to vote for fucking Yang or or Bloomberg or like uh, or Harris fucking or Klobuchar or any of those people, you should not even be able to show your fucking face in public. You are, you should be very ashamed of yourself. The idea that we need to welcome these people into the Democratic fold as allies on the left is fucking ridiculous. The Democratic Party needs to shrink immediately. The, the idea that it needs to be this party that's just under this huge tent to include as many people as possible. I swear to God, if a liberal had like a political ideology, they would want every single person on earth to agree with them. And if there was even one person that disagreed, they'd be like, oh, what can we do to fucking get you on our side? What can we do what to can like... We do to sway you? Exactly. Like, fuck <laughs> off. There are some people we don't fucking want. There's some people we don't need. And I'm not saying that Warren is like Satan or anything. I would much rather have her than any previous president, period. But... Bernie is still fucking alive. He's still fucking alive. What is yeah, the dude, point in talking about other people? Do it. Please, it's please. the Bernie least you can do. Four years in him, dude. He doesn't, bro. It's the least you can do to cast your vote in the primary to elect Bernie Sanders as the primary Democratic candidate. It is the least you can do because if Warren wins, at the end of the day, you can still fucking vote for her. It's not illegal. You can still vote for her. But if you're a fucking socialist, why not try? Why not fucking try? Why do we have to? give up already we're not even there yet we're not even at the finish line and you're already giving up we can't even see the fucking finish line it's over a year away and you're already giving up i will never understand that shit never settle for people like warren warren is better than anything we've ever had but bernie is the fucking best g and that's all i gotta say about that suck my dick warren uh, and with that i think we should uh talk about our um question for the night okay <laughs> question i'm prepared Ooh, hold on let me <laughs> okay i'm ready <laughs> hit me um so when if when if ever is taking human life justified basically if you ever read an article that apologizes for warren's platform it's okay to immediately take your own life that's the only <laughs> under those circumstances only <laughs> no nah, i'm just kidding i mean when if ever is taking a human life justified shit man I don't know. It's a heavy ass question. <laughs> I guess obviously to start out with self defense. Do you think? Yeah. I think we can just yeah. both go ahead and agree with that. What do you think about uh, the? Have you ever seen Minority Report? Uh no. Is it a show? Uh okay. Well, the premise of it is basically 
like or oh have you ever seen psychopaths it's an anime yeah i've seen like two episodes or okay yeah well you know the idea then the idea that you can like yeah. tell if someone's going to commit a crime before they commit the crime it. i should watch that yeah it's really good you should watch it immediately everyone who loves anime which is everyone if you don't like anime stop listening right now but subscribe to our patreon first and don't un- unsub but then stop listening if you don't yeah. like anime Follow us but on anyway so in this anime yeah you can tell who's going to commit crime and like how likely they are to commit it and basically the idea is that over a certain threshold you should be able to arrest them even before they commit the crime because you know with a reasonable doubt that they're going to do it do you think if we ever got that kind of technology, do you think it would be justifiable to kill someone before they do something wrong? Uh, no. You know, okay. something can happen that can sway that person, you know, right. still. Right. What if it was, like, pretty certain, though? What if it was, like, 99.9? Like, to kill them before something happened? Yeah. Like, you could, you have some kind of algorithm to say, like, I'm 99.9% sure that this person is going to commit a violent crime in the next five years. Like super violent, like as in like are we talking? I guess like you a don't really know. Any violent crime, like killing a person or like beating someone up. I don't know. I mean, that's why. Like, I probably wouldn't kill them. I'd probably like detain them for questioning, and like hopefully that changes their wow you know, fascist psychopath meter. I mean, dude, they they're they're gonna commit a crime. You're almost a hundred percent sure. Like, let's can we stop that before it happens? Maybe. But I was more thinking about this as if. Uh, let's say you're on an island and you're running out of like you're out of food or you're on bone you're out of food and yeah. like would you eat that person to stay alive and is that ah. justified oh so do i have to kill them to eat them or do they die naturally um like you guys are starving so like so i would have to kill wait for, you you could wait for them to starve but you might also not be strong enough to eat them you know right okay um I mean, but first, would you even eat a person to stay alive? Yeah, oh yeah, obviously. 100%. I would. I would eat something. Yeah, hundred percent. I wouldn't even think about that shit. If I was hungry, but I'd eat anything. Yeah, I think people who say that they wouldn't eat people are they've never actually been hungry before in their life. They never they've never been actually starving. felt hungry. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, hundred yeah. percent. I would eat someone, but would yeah, I kill them first? I don't think I would. Honestly, like it. It depends on the yeah. situation. I've heard this story. There's like a philosophy question, basically. The idea is like you're in a boat with three – you're in a lifeboat with three people and one of them is really sick and you're all stuck at sea and you're all starving. And the basically the question is do you kill the sick person and eat them? If it would Because sa- it would save you and the other person. You have no idea how long it's going to be until you get rescued. You have no idea any of that shit. Would you kill them and eat them? And I think that – I ended up saying, no, I probably wouldn't because even though it would save my life, I'm still like taking the life of another person, even if they're sick. Basically, yeah. it comes down to this. If they were already dead or if they were already like to a point where they were beyond any help that I could give them, I would let them die and then eat them. But I would never kill someone to eat them. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think I would never eat someone raw, too. Really? Yeah. I think you would think if you were hungry enough. You think, you think I'd eat someone raw? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, dude. I'm telling you, dude. Know, people who say they won't like eat sushi. this, people who say they won't eat this or won't eat that, they're, they just have never been hungry. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't kill some. I don't think it's... I don't think taking a human life is justified in if, any case except for self-defense. If they gave me permission to kill them and eat them, I think I'd do it. Really? You think you can even yeah. consent to something like that? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, just like you can consent it. to your own. Death. I mean, I mean, you can. I mean, just like in uh, what's that called? Snow train? What was like snow piercer? Yeah, you know that guy gave up his arm. He's like, hey, you guys can eat my arm. Well, but he but, lived though. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, so I mean, what if I? What if he's like, you can eat my arm, and then you know, things like, oh, you can eat my other arm. You can eat my head. Yeah, like you can eat my ass. You can eat my ass. Yeah, like at I some mean, point, you know, you're just gonna eat all of them. Okay, you know? so if you're in a snowpiercer situation where you could like do a clean amputation and like you could feed you guys for like two weeks or something, or I guess it wouldn't be yeah. that long. I mean, how much meat yeah. is on one arm? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it would be enough to feed at least two people or maybe yeah. one person. I guess if they lived, I I don't know, man. It depends, like. If they were gonna live, I probably would. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, that's weird. Like, like, so if you were able to eat each of their limbs and like gave you permission to, would you do it? I don't know. That's weird. I don't think you can consent to that. That's such a life-altering choice. Like, you can't I don't consent. Think... No, like that's crazy. Amputating well, like, an arm, a life or death situation to eat eat them you know like if you eat their arms and legs i mean i guess they can eat themselves too right so it's not it's still (laughs) like a self-preservation no wait no i think wait can you i I guess yeah why not if you take it off you can like eat your toenails and shit right (laughs) Uh, the the subcalories shouldn't do that but um i don't think you can digest them because they're keratin right but regardless so like so yeah i wouldn't kill someone to eat them but if they died i would definitely eat them and I think I would. I, would I think I would let control. someone die. I would definitely let someone die if I couldn't save them. Like, let's say we were in that situation in the boat, and it was like me, you, and another person, and the other person was really sick, and like we reasonably thought that they were going to die. <laughs> I look at you. You look at me. <laughs> I pull out my knife. <laughs> we have just a, a moment of silence. <laughs> we just start shouting the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the answer. I think that's good enough. Uh, yeah. And uh, with that, thank you for watching episode 5 of Left in the South podcast. I've been David. I've been Caleb. Thank you guys for watching. And good night.